Communication in a relationship is crucial. But in order for it to be effective, both parties must feel they have a voice. On today's case, Ms. Chapman says she's been caught up in a cycle of verbal abuse and belittlement at the hands of her partner, Mr. Sweeney, for years now. She says Mr. Sweeney lives by the old adage, you should speak when spoken to. And she's done being submissive. She says her confidence is really shot. And she's tired of feeling voiceless in this relationship. Ms. Chapman is adamant about ending the relationship today. Can Mr. Sweeney get back on her good side? Or has Ms. Chapman actually had enough? Let's hear their case. Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Starr presiding. Your Honor, this is the case of Chapman versus Sweeney. Thank you very much. Ms. Chapman, you're here in court today because you say that you have no voice in this relationship. You say Mr. Sweeney is verbally abusive and accuses you daily of cheating. You say he's not the man you fell in love with, and if he's not willing to hear you, you are done with the relationship. Yes, Your Honor. And, Mr. Sweeney, you say that you have every reason not to trust Ms. Chapman. You claim you caught her in some compromising positions, and you're demanding that she fess up to the truth today. Yes, Your Honor. It seems that we're at a crossroads in this relationship. You all have been together for four years and living together most of that time. So, Ms. Chapman, how did we get here today in divorce court? Your Honor, I just feel like I have no voice in this relationship and I'm not allowed to have a voice in this relationship. Anytime that I say or do anything, I'm made to believe that my feelings are not valid, they're not considered in anything that he does or says. And anytime that I bring it to his attention, I'm the one wrong and he's right and there's no other way around that. Sounds like you are accusing him of being overly controlling in this situation and a little bit of a narcissist. Let me turn to Mr. Sweeney. Um, I don't feel like I'm controlling. I like things to be done right. And, you know, if I feel as though something's going wrong, I'm gonna just correct her and let her know that, you know, that's wrong and it need to be done this way. That's okay, pretty... but Mrs. Sweeney, she's not a dog. You uh, don't correct folk when you're in a relationship. Right. You work through whatever the issues are. You listen to what one person says, you give your opinion, and then you all come with a compromise. Right, I understand that, but if she's doing something wrong, I should be able to let her know. It's just the correct way to do, to do things. So we... she won't make the mistake moving forward. So we're about to find out if you are always right when you are correcting her. Ms. Chapman, I just saw a little bit of what you say is your lack of having a voice. Today, you have a voice. Ms. Yes, Chapman, what are you not allowed to say? Give me some examples. One time, we were in our kitchen. His family was over at our house, and we were preparing a meal. His family member proceeded to say, I don't know if they were joking, but they were like, do you always keep your kitchen looking like this? You know, saying that it was messy. And he, just trying to take up for the both of us, said, you know, most times we do keep it clean. And I just came into the conversation being my honest self. And I'm like, yeah, we do usually keep it clean, but there are some times that it can be a little bit messed up. This guy literally looked at me and said, shut up. Nobody was talking to you. He wanted me to have this whole... Yes, we always keep it clean. We always... And I just gave an honest, an honest answer. I mean, do we not all have times where things are not perfect? And when he did that to me in front of his family, I was so humiliated and embarrassed that I just went off to my room, locked myself in there, and I didn't come out for the rest of the night. I just feel as though my cousin, he asked me a question. She didn't have anything to do with her. She just butted in, 
and was minding her own business. I just feel like she just, you know, she's just speaking when spoken to. At the end of the day, it's like nobody was talking to her. He was talking to me. It ain't had nothing to do with her. She could have mind her business and not say anything. So nobody, I shut up. Nobody was talking to her. Mr. Sweeney, were you raised in a home where your mother and father were in the same home? Uh, no. Okay. Were you raised primarily by your mother or by your father? Oh, like both. I went back and forth. You were they back and forth. I understand that. Did your mother ever have any gentlemen in the home while you were growing up? You know, uh, yes. like, you know, her own relationship? Yes. Did you ever hear a man speak to your mother like that? No. Let me guess something, Mrs. Sweeney. If somebody had spoken to your mother like that, you would not have wanted him to come back in your house. I can guarantee you that. Because that's your mother. And anybody who would speak to your mother like that does not deserve her attention or her time. Because she's a woman of dignity, at least in your eyes. I don't care if she's hooking on the street. That's your mama. You would not let somebody talk to her like she's less than a person. Something tells me that I'm telling the truth about you, that you would not have permitted that. No, definitely not. Do you actually expect at some point that this young lady would be the mother of your children? Are you thinking of her in that way? Of course, she will be. Mr. Sweeney, there's gonna be a little boy one day that's gonna grow up in your house, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. And if he ever hears you speak to his mama like that, he's gonna feel just like you would. That's what he's going to think. And then that's how he's going to be raised, to think that I can speak to a woman like that because that's what she deserves. So you have to be respectful of who she is as a woman. Am I giving you a little bit of a voice today, ma'am? Yes. And, Your Honor, if you allow me to just add on to that yes, topic... I just feel like, you know, when we first met, he was big on saying that he really liked that I was an independent female and had my own things going for myself. And I don't know how that changed into him being more so on that controlling side, but I've always done for myself and I'm capable of doing, you know, getting through tasks by myself. I've been on my own for a long time. And for some reason, my answers are never good enough. They're never right. What I do is never done the way that he would want it done. He wants me to think the same way he thinks and this just doesn't work that way. When did that happen? Once we got to the second year of our relationship. You know, Mr. Sweeney, Ms. Chapman, I always have this joke that the first 18 months that you're dating, you're really dating the person's agent. You're not really dating the person because the agent is the one that's uh, taking you out and showing you a good time. And then when the real talent shows up, if you know what I'm saying, that's when you know who you're dating. Mr. Sweeney, did you know that uh, Ms. Chapman writes in a journal? No. A journal? No, I didn't know that. I find myself nervous about speaking on my feelings. This makes me feel so alone. If I can't keep it real and come to my companion, then who? I feel like the reason why I'm kind of like the way that I am with her is because like I didn't caught a lot of like sneaky things with ah. her. So and it kind of like you know, suspect me of thinking like she's cheating and things like that. So there's a yeah. level of insecurity there because of a lack of trust in some ways. Somewhat, yes. Okay, so why don't you explain to me what you're talking about? So one day she uh, told me that she wanted to stop at her apartment to get some mail, she said. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna ride with you. I guess I caught her off guard by saying I'm gonna ride with her. She was looking kind of nervous. So I'm like, whatever. I ride with her. 
I don't go in, I stayed outside. And as I'm sitting outside, I just see a male figure start coming out of the direction of her apartment. So as this person is walking down, I'm looking, I'm thinking like, who, who could this be? So I, you know, do my social media investigations, looking, and I've realized that this is one of her ex-boyfriends. So I'm like, okay. She lied about going to her house to pick up mail to, I guess, let this person into what? You get what I'm saying, Yana? So it's like, how, how can I not feel this way? So, Ms. Chapman, let me guess. You wanted to avoid another situation so you didn't tell the truth. Yes, I'm honestly afraid to be honest anymore because I'm never believed. You should or never be afraid to be honest. He makes me feel so intimidated when I'm speaking that it's like, I don't even like to be in these situations at all because of that. I can never win an argument. I can't with him. So I did lie and say I need to get something from my apartment. I just wanted to get this person their mail. Your explanations are very reasonable and his suspicions are very reasonable. It really just comes down to who you trust and who you don't, to be honest with you. Your relationship has to be built on trust. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to lie to my husband about where I'm going or what I'm doing. And if, it's, if I'm going to have a drink with a former boyfriend or whatever, I just say, I'm going to go meet so-and-so because I'm not interested in him. And he knows that. That's it. So I don't have to lie. I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to trick him. But I'm never intimidated. He doesn't ever make me feel like I have to tell him anything but the truth. He trusts me, I trust him. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation of a real relationship. I can't imagine if you claim to love somebody, you want to be perceived as a mean person. Right. What are you prepared to do to convince her that you want to hear what she has to say? Um... No, you're not. Would you... I want to know, would you marry me? If you'd like your case to be heard on Divorce Court, call us toll-free at 1-877-311-2222 or log on to our website at divorcecourt.com. Missed a show? Watch full episodes on our streaming platforms and follow us on social media for exclusive content. My friends and I had planned a night out, girls' night, which is not out of the norm. We always do this from time to time when yep. we can. When the day came, all of my friends came over to my place, or our place, and we began to get ready. You know, we're listening to music, getting cute, doing our hair and everything. He comes in, you know, asking me, where are we going? Where are y'all going? And when I tell him, he says, why didn't you let me know? How long have you known about these plans? And I'm like, you know, we planned it out a couple days ago, but... I didn't think that I needed to tell you so soon out. And then on that day, exactly. I was going to tell... Think. I was going to tell him on that day. I wouldn't just leave without saying anything. But I did not get to say anything to him yet. And he pretty much almost cursed me out in front of all of my friends because he feels like I should have said something from the moment I made the plan. Not even, like, that day, but just the day that I made the plan. The day that she made those plans, had I not, had, had I not come home and when I came home, I would have never known. I would have just... She would have just been where she'd been, and I would have just found out later. Like she just said, she'd known about this for three days. I've seen you every day in those three days. I don't get why... Was there a reason? Because there has to be a reason. Okay, he always has a way of making me feel bad for the plans that I made. Like, oh, you're gonna have fun, or... what? Like, I don't know, he just has this way of making me feel bad about what so I'm So, again, you decided to avoid the confrontation by leaving it out. 
I would rather wait till the day of than to deal with that before. But that, so you rather, that don't make no sense. You rather deal with the aftermath and just keeping it real from the beginning, saying, oh, this is what I'm doing, whether or not I like it or not. But I rather, like, that don't, that don't make no sense. Actually, Mr. Sweeney, it actually does make sense. She's not being given the voice to express herself so that you all can have a real conversation and communicate on how this relationship is going to go. Am I interpreting that correctly? Yes, Your Honor. I just, I feel very chopped up every time that I say anything to him. There's been times that I've said, you know, he may have done or, done or said something that hurt my feelings that day, and I won't react in that moment. And I'm supposed to just deal with it because that's his personality. Ms. Chapman, how, how do you self-recover from that? Because that can be very demeaning, and, you so, know, one of the things you have to do is self-care. How do you do that? One thing that I do is I write in a journal. That's one way that I get out my feelings and how I express myself, being that it doesn't work out when speaking to him directly. And I have a passage in here. If I could read a piece of that, it would be good for him to hear it as well. So, sure, absolutely. Mr. Sweeney, did you know that um, Ms. Chapman writes in a journal? No. A journal? No, I didn't know that. Um, and, And the way you said it with disdain, that's probably why she didn't tell you. Go ahead, Ms. Chapman. It feels like I barely have a voice anymore. I find myself nervous about speaking on my feelings or sharing my opinions because I don't want to say the wrong thing. This makes me feel so alone. If I can't keep it real and come to my companion, then who? I feel like she can't come to me. But she just told you she can't. Because she doesn't. She said she can't come to you. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Did you hear her? I did. How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel bad that she can't come to me. But it's weird because she can come to me. Mr. Sweeney, you've cut her off several times just in our conversation. Now, we're doing a communication right here. Right. And there's no judgment because everybody is entitled to, you know, run their relationship the way they want to. And I'll accept whatever it is that you all say works for you. But what I don't accept is when it's not working. Ms. Chapman has tried very clearly to say the way you communicate with her hurts her feelings. It belittles her. It demeans her. It makes her feel inferior. Now, I can't imagine you're the kind of man that wants the woman that you love to feel like that. Because then that would make you a narcissist. Right, not at all. You know? Right. So I can't imagine if you claim to love somebody, you want to be perceived as a mean person. Right. So the fact that she's saying to you that is the way it's coming across, what can you do to fix that, sir? I can work on it. I can't just say that, you know, mm-hmm. it happened overnight. But I can work on it. And I think that, you know, it's things that we both can work on to make this relationship better. Right now, though, I'm asking, what are you prepared to do to convince her that you hear her? Mm-hmm. And more importantly, that you want to hear what she has to say? Um, Chanel, can you come? It- Please. Okay. So, I do want to tell you that I do love you. And I do want to be with you for the rest of my life. And I do want to have kids with you. And I do want to learn to be 
more considerate of your feelings and how you feel, things like that. So just moving forward, I feel as though I'm gonna be a better person, a better man to you. And also, I want to ask you a question. I want to know. No, you're not. Would you? I want to know. Would you marry? You don't put it on her hand until she says yes. There's a rule. She has to say yes. Wait, yes. wait, 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 wait. That's the ultimate control. So, by me presenting you this ring, I just want to know, like, this is forever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to really play around. And I love you. I, from day one, I told you how I felt about you. And I love the way you look and everything. And how you are <laughs> as a person and all that. So, will you marry me? Yes. Thank you. Wow. Chanel. I mean, right now, I really want to be so happy for the two of you. Are you getting what you want? So, you should stand together. Y'all just decided y'all getting married. Don't leave me. I am. I've always wanted that from him. But what I also want is for him to understand where I'm coming from and be a little bit more sensitive to So, Ms. Chapman, this is what I suggest you do. Take that ring off and put it in his hand. And tell him what you need what I need is for you to be way more sensitive to my feelings. And when I do come to you, I would like you to think before you speak and think about how it's going to make me feel. I feel like you do know me very well. I'm very sensitive, so it makes it even worse. It's like you're, you're a very harsh person. And whether you mean to hurt my feelings or not, sometimes you really do. Because on top of me being sensitive, you're being extra and rough with me. And I share a lot of personal things with you. I don't want to feel that with the person that I'm in a relationship with. And if you can do that and promise me that, then I do want to spend the rest of my life with you. Mrs. Sweeney, now ask her to be your wife if you can do what she just asked you to do. So again, Chanel, Chapman, will you, will you be my wife? Yes. And I will do everything you ask and make sure that, you know, things will get better. Have to. Hold him to it. And congratulations. Did you really just... I had to. (laughs) Yo. I had to make it official. Wait, you just surprised the mess out of me. You like it, though? I love it. I have to call my mother. Well, Robert, I didn't expect that to end that way. I'm happy, but I'm confused. I'm happy she got what she says she wanted, but she didn't really get him to agree to changing. Come back with what you promised me, and let's have this conversation again. Yeah, let's talk about this in six months. Because if he's not a good boyfriend, how the heck is he going to make a good husband? I don't know. I hope I won't see them back here in six months. (laughs) But something tells me... Yeah, they might. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Mm-hmm.